Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 23. Joshua chapter 23. We're going to be in several places tonight. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to do with y'all no more. I really don't. I'm just going to love you. That's it. I can't, I can't complain. I know, and I can't complain because, you know, the way y'all stepped up there yesterday and y'all had Cindy's keyboard smoking. <laughs> that was funny. I know it. So praise God. All right, we're still on our winning battle, but we're starting to wrap up Joshua now. Okay, so we're, we're starting to get on the downhill slide of Joshua, but that doesn't mean the winning battle series stops because it's going to bleed over into Judges. Of course, I have you reading Judges chapter 1 through 6, correct? Continue to read that. We're not there yet. About two more weeks, we'll be rocking. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about adultery. Hear me clearly. We're talking about adultery tonight, okay? Um, and I want you to understand, this, this is a preventive, yes, 23 Joshua chapter 23 jo Joshua chapter 23 no we're not going to judges tonight oh verses uh, chapters 1 through 6 I'll you turn a year older and then everything just starts falling apart Mikey I know you got some 30 weight oil or something up there you can grease them gears with so she can quit sticking anyway okay you, you'll be all right uh, we're going to talk about adultery. For the spirit, for us and where we are in the spirit of our church, this is a perfect preventive maintenance section of this series. Okay? Perfect preventive maintenance. All right? Um, and I want you to get, get, understand something about how adultery affects your battle. What adultery does to the battle, it, it makes it harder for you when it shouldn't be, but it does make it harder for you, okay? And it makes it, it extends it, it makes it longer. Because as long as you're living in sin, you're going to have these struggles, okay? So I understand why you sometimes, even in the midst of a trial, in the midst of trouble, you've got to diagnose. You've got to diagnose yourself, okay? And you got and when I say diagnose yourself, that means stop, Lay down on the floor, whatever it may take, and let the Spirit reveal to you what's going on. And it may be more than once that you have to lay on the floor. It may be more than twice that you have to lay on the floor. It may be more than a month that you have to lay on the floor, but get there. So let's look at verse chapter 23 and verse 1, and it says, Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies, on every side, and Joshua was old and advanced in years, kind of like Cindy, that Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, <laughs> for their elders and their heads and their judges and their officers and said to them, I am old and advanced in years. Now, get what he said here. Look who Joshua called. He called the leaders in, didn't he? God God called the leaders. He had Joshua call the leaders in. And when he called those leaders in, he's given them some direction. Okay? 
He didn't call every tribe. He didn't call, you know, you got to keep in mind what has been happening now. These tribes have been dispersed. They've, they've taken their land and all of these things. They've gone to where they need to be. But he calls their heads in. He calls the judges and officers. He says, I'm old and advancing years. Now, here's what he reminds them of in verse 3. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God he who uh, is he who has been fighting for you. Now, Joshua does something unique here. Even though the men have used their swords, even though they've been in battle, they've sweated it, they've slept on the ground, they've done all these different things, but he says God has fought for you. Every, every step you took, everything you did, God has fought for you. It is God that did this. It is God that did that. It is God, it is God, it is God. Now look what Joshua says. He says in verse 4, See, I have apportioned to you these nations which remain as an inheritance for your tribes, with all the nations which I have cut off from the Jordan, even to the great sea toward the setting of the sun. The Lord your God, he will thrust them out from before you and drive them from before you, and you will possess their land just as the Lord God has promised you. Even at rest, there's still a battle. We talked about this last time. Keep in mind, Joshua said in chapter uh, 23, verse 1, he's, let's read it again. Now, it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from their enemies. He had given them rest. In other words, he had shut them down. He said, okay, you've taken care of the bulk of the enemy. You've, you've done what I've told you to do. Now it's time to go and possess the land. But then he says in verse 5, the Lord your God, he will thrust them out from before you. You're still going to go. There's still a purging that has to happen. There's still a pur purging that has to happen. Remember what I said last week? When you buy a brand new house, you still got to go in and clean it, don't you? The house has been paid for. The house has been bought, but you still got to go in and clean it. Well, God is going in and clean. But look what is happening here. Israel is at rest, and God is going in to clean it. There's a difference. God is going in to clean it. God cleaned the other ones out. So let's read verse 5 again. The Lord your God, he will thrust them out from before you and drive them from before you, and you will possess their land just as the Lord your God promised. So God is going to fulfill a promise, and to fulfill a promise, he's going to make sure he completes the promise. Okay? And to make sure that the promise is fulfilled the way he has designed it, he's going to do it. Get it? He's going to do it. What does this have to do with adultery? Ready? Look at verse 6. Be very firm then to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, so that you may not turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, what we read in chapter 1, remember this, so that you will not, here comes the adultery, so that you will not associate with these nations, these which remain among you. Wow, but God, I thought you were getting them out. They're still going to be there. I'm going to deal with them, though. But they're still going to be there. Don't associate with them, though. Here comes the adultery. Or Now, now look at this. They will remain among you, or mention their, the name of their gods, or make anyone swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. God is saying, be faithful to me. God is, Joshua is, is, as a leader, now, 
This message comes from Joshua, the leader. It came from God to Joshua, the leader, and then he took it and gave it to the other leaders. The message is real clear. Don't turn from the word of God. Don't obey. Don't listen. Don't bow down. Don't even mention the name of the other gods. This is how serious he is about the relationship that he has with the people of Israel. Don't even mention the name. Let's read it again. Verse 7. So that you will not associate with these nations, these which remain among you, or mention the name of their gods. Now, let's go to 21st century United States of America. The adultery. What would the adultery be for us during this day and time right now? What would be the adultery that we're faced with right now? Well, we want to go to the ungodly, yes, I understand that, but to hang out with them and, uh, and take their ways, that's the adultery, right? Simple. Ma- right, exactly. Let me give you an example. You know the young man I had y'all pray for, and I, I gave him a Bible, presented the gospel to him? Well, he sat down in my office the other day, and he's, he's you know, I've been watching him over the past few days. And he was talking about this. His daughter wants to get baptized. I said, well, um, we have to, you have to understand if she's truly saved. You can't just baptize her and she's not saved. I said, there's no point in that. He said, well, she's saved. I said, well, how do you know? And he said, well, she knows the Bible. I said, that's good. She knows the Bible, but does she believe the Bible? I said, I know about evolution, but I don't believe it. So, yeah, is it, yeah, exactly. He said, yeah, that's a good point. And I said, and then you, I said, but I'm not doubting that she's not saved. I said, I've seen plenty of young children bring their parents to church and their parents get saved because it starts with the children. Told him that. And this is what I told him. I said, and you, you're getting comfortable with your conviction. I said, because now you're starting to get back in that crowd again, the one that you were feeling uncomfortable with. Now you're starting to go back, and now the conviction is not as heavy on you as it used to be. It's not affecting you. You're not walking around here with your head down. I said, you need to get miserable again. I said, because you're starting to get comfortable with it. He's starting to associate back with what God is calling him out of. Israel was warned not to associate with what God had defeated and was victorious over them, uh, over these nations with Israel, that they're not to even associate. You, as the body of Christ, are not to do what? Are not to do what? Take up their ways. Take up our ways. We had a discussion. I'm not going to mention any names. But we had a discussion this Sunday about Facebook. And this person who knows what I'm talking about. Okay? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we had a discussion about Facebook. And, 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 the discussion came up about walking away from it, walking away from it. Yes, we adapt these. We adapt certain things. We adapt modern technology to be functional in the church. But does the church really need any of it to be functional? No. The church needs nothing. John, our new music minister, as tech savvy as they come, he knows the ins and outs and the gigahertz and the megahertz and the kickahertz and all these other hertz like anybody else. 
But does he need any of that to lead worship? If the screens don't work, if the song, if the, if, if, can, where do you sing from? Do you sing from the screen or do you sing from your heart? There you go. So you don't need any of it. God is trying to show Israel this. What has happened to us and why we become an adulterous nation and an adulterous people is because we determine that we need these things. We need these additional things. And what happens when that gets into our lives, it extends our struggles. It makes our life harder. It makes it takes more time because now guess what you have to do when you get stuck with tradition. What happens when you get stuck with the way the world wants to do something? What happens when the church does? Well, now somebody's got to come in and unteach you and then reteach you the right way. So you got years to, of unlearning and then years of relearning before you can be who you need to be. Right? Anyone ever tried to break a habit? Yeah. How long does it have to go before you break the habit? When you finally break it, then you have to recondition yourself to do what? Start operating in the correct way, okay? Um, and and we, we, we have to be mindful of that. So Joshua is telling them, look at verse 7 again, so that you will not associate with, with these nations, these which remain among you, or mention the name of their gods, or make any, anyone swear by them. Don't, don't you do it, and don't make anyone else do it. Don't you get locked into tradition in church and don't make anyone else get locked in tradition in church. Well, we've always done this. Well, we've always done that. Well, this is what we do. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? A lot of questions. When I first came to Sulphur Springs, you know how many questions I got to ask about? Well, are we going to keep doing this? Are we going to keep doing that? Well, let's let the spirit weed that out. Should we keep doing it or should we not keep doing it? And as we grow and mature, we're finding what? There's some things that we don't need to do anymore, aren't aren't there? There's some things you shouldn't get stuck with anymore, right? You see, when when you get wrapped up in those things, it becomes your God, and then you become an adulterer. Now look, look look at this scripture. Look at verse 8. But you are to cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Highlight that word cling. C-L-I-N-G. You are to cling. What is the definition of cling? I wrote it into my side, on the side of my Bible. It's to adhere to. It's to adhere to, attach, hold on to, and remain in contact with. That's what cling means. It is to adhere to. Not adhere to it. I mean, it is not to, there shouldn't be any, um, it shouldn't be any separation. To adhere to, to hold on to, or to attach yourself to. That's what you should do when you cling. So now, let's read verse 8. But you are to adhere to, attach yourself to, and remain in contact with the Lord your God as you have done to this day. You get it? In your winning battle, if you want it to go the way God wants it to go, you need to cling to him. When you cling to other things, what does it lead to? When you cling to other things, what does it lead to? When you attach yourself or you join yourself up with something else, what happens? 
you stray and then you're party to what they're doing. So if I go and I hang out where all the drugs are and then the police pull up, guess what they're going to say? You're part of that. No, I'm just driving through. No, you're not. You were stopped. You were out of your car. They were selling drugs and there you were. But I wasn't selling them. But you were party to it. Okay. Guilty by association. Thank you, Bonnie. Now, jump down to verse 12. And this is where we're going to really start dealing with adultery. For you, if you ever go back and claim, okay, so if you ever go back and attach yourself to, connect yourself with, with that, that, adhere yourself to that, if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you and intermarry with them, so that, now this ain't got nothing, okay, now keep in mind, this ain't got nothing to do with black folks marrying Chinese folks and Chinese folks marrying, you know, Indian folks and white folks marrying, you know, Russian. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Okay? We got a whole religion built on you can't, you know, you, you know. Okay. So that you associate with them and they with you. Look at verse 13. We always talk about the promises of God, right? God's got some great promises. Well, here's a great one. If you do all that, know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Here's a promise from God. You go and commit adultery on me. I'm no longer with you. Take your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to start in the first verse. Jeremiah chapter 3. Don't lose Joshua chapter 23. Yeah, you knew better, exactly. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 1. And the word says, God says, if a husband divorces his wife and she goes from him and belongs to another man, will he still return to her? Will not that land be completely polluted? But you are a harlot with many lovers, yet you turn to me, declares the Lord. Let's stop. <laughs> God is saying, You're, you've left you know, I'm leaving you your filthiness and, and you've gone and lain and been with something else and then you come back. In the nation of Israel, that was completely inappropriate. But our God, guess what he did? He took us. Even though we went, polluted, did all these things, committed adultery, laid with other people, served other gods, worshipped other, other gods, all of these different things, that if a man were to divorce his wife and she were to leave and do that, he could not take her back because she was violated and polluted and she was of no more, uh-uh. That was frowned upon in Israel. And she was unclean. But guess what God did with us? Guess what he did? Okay? See, he died for you. And, and get, get this, though. He did it for Israel. He did it for Israel. He did the exact thing that Israel wasn't supposed to do. He did it because of his love. Now, look at verse 2. 
Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see where you have not, where have you not been violated? By the roads you have set for them like an Arab in the desert, and you have polluted a land with your harlotry and with your wickedness. Look at what he said. Not only did you pollute yourself, but you infected everything else around you. Your garbage infested the entire land. Now keep in mind, y'all, we're on preventive maintenance adultery, okay? I'm not accusing anybody of, of serving other gods, but this is preventive maintenance. This is when, when you hear a sermon or a message like this, and you're on your winning battle, this is when you stop and say, whoa, wait a minute, am I about to pollute myself? Am I about to, am I about to accept something or do something that may not be appropriate? You got you to gotta have that check in place. And I don't care. It, it's, it's just like when I, I got off a, a social media site that I was on, okay? It was for professionals, uh, business people, you know, and I won't mention the name because we're recording. But I deleted that. I deleted that profile. I was like, you know what, God, this is really not productive for me, is it? And he's like, yeah, it's not, David. But I'm glad you realized it. And so guess what happened? When I stopped, God opened my eyes and started revealing some more word to me. He even helped me with this sermon. Of course, he helped me do every sermon, but it made this sermon clearer to me that I took that polluted segment that was in my life and I got rid of it, okay? It wasn't that big a deal that I had to have that, that um, social media site and because then I started realizing what, why, to what benefit? I'm here thumbing through this social media site when I could be doing this, kind of like I did with the other social media site that I left. Okay? So, he's, now look at verse, three, verse 2 again, the last half. Like an Arab in the desert, and you have polluted a land with your harlotry and with your wickedness. Therefore, the showers have been withheld. This is what I'm talking about, the adultery. It becomes... It, it starts having a broader effect. It starts extending. You want to you know why we're stri- struggling right now as a nation, as a church, as all of these different things? Because our harlotry is getting in the way. God is cutting off things to show you what you're not doing. You know? And as we grow, y'all, our list changes. As we grow, our, our, everything that we struggle with, it, it, becomes, it becomes more intense, but it may be different sometimes. You know, you grow to a new, the same things that... that, that Cause you to go into adultery 10 years ago may not do that right now, right? But there's a new set of things. You know, remember, we talk about these all the time. Remember when these were flip phones? You couldn't do too much with them but make a phone call, could you? And you could still drive. You know, people weren't trying to look at a screen because it was that big, you know? (laughs) And you just answered it when you, you know, and remember the bumper stickers? You know, hang up the phone and drive. Okay? It was a phone. But now what is it? It's a computer that we can take with us and we have access to at all times, right? Okay? It's a computer. We have. It's easy to pick on it, but we live by them. Okay? You know, this is the only phone I have now. I even got rid of my home phone because I had this one now. Okay? So this is the only one I have. But when it comes in, I got to be mindful, don't I? Here. Because everything has quick access. What does this thing allow me to do? It allows me to shop quickly. Hmm? It allows me to get information quickly. Well, just Google what happened. Okay. 
It does all of those things for me, doesn't it? When sometimes maybe I should be waiting for God to give me the answer instead of Google. I'm searching the wrong for the wrong G, aren't I? Huh? What does God want you to say? What does God want you to do? You see, you see, it, it would be no different than my wife, okay, going and asking another married man about something that she should come to me about. Okay? So think about what God is thinking when we go. Not that we shouldn't seek counsel from wise Christian people. That's what we're here for, right? But when we seek the world on how to do things, what have we done? We left God out. So guess what he says? Look at verse 3 again. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and there has been no spring rain. Yet you had a harlot's forehead, and you refused to be ashamed. Look at verse 4. Have you not just now called me my father? You are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken and have done evil things, and you have, look at this, and you have had your way. God says, you, I, I've gone and I've let you commit adultery. I've let you do, and you've had your way. You haven't recognized the pain of what you've done. On any of that stuff. But look at verse 6. Then the Lord said to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and on every green tree, and she was a harlot there. I thought after she had was, has done all these things, she would return to me. But she did not return. Her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And saw that all of the and saw that for all the adulteries of faithless of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a writ of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and was a harlot also. How do, how does this affect your winning battle? Am I speaking French, or do you not understand me, or do you, are you getting this? Yes. Yes. And not only do they continue to do it, but other people see it done and they join in. See? That's part of the problem. But read on in the scripture, you're right. But read on in the scripture, see, it's got to be a different effect on us, though. And it's not. Look at verse 9. Okay? But because of the lightness of her harlotry, she polluted the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet in spite of all of this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but rather in deception, declares the Lord. Look what happened. He says they didn't return to me with all their heart. They return to me because guess what? I want God to do something for me, and then I'm going right back out, and I'm going to do it again. 
How many times do people slide into the altar only to get up and go and do something? How many times does the dog return to his vomit? I know y'all hate that analogy, but it's scripture. It's in the word. How many times does that happen? How many times? Is, well, when we get into judges, we're going to find out how many times it happens. But we don't even have to go to judges when we look at our own life, right? You see, that's the assessment and struggle that we have with the Christian walk right now. Because remember what we talk about on Tuesday, all the clutter and all the other stuff that's piled up in your life? It keeps you from seeing when you are a harlot. It keeps you in your adulterous life. Okay? Because so many things feel good. And then you constantly search for so many things to continue to feel good. Kind of like a drug addict. And we are addicted. We are addicted to our technology. We are addicted to knowing things. We are addicted to knowing things. Aren't we? We want to know. We want to know the newest thing. Like we read in Acts chapter 17 last week. The newest thing we want to know. Hey, what's the newest flavor of the month? What's the newest video? What has gone viral? What is doing all of this? Who cares? What is it doing for the kingdom of God? And where is it taking you? I'm so excited about the mission trip. Because you want to know why? And I'm excited about missions as a whole. You want to know why? Because guess what it's doing to Sulphur Springs? It's bringing our focus back into God. Everybody's piling on for the right reason. Not because we scored a touchdown. We ain't piling on because we won the World, World Series. We're piling on because we're doing something for God and we're doing the right thing. I'm going to use you, Eric, tonight. Perfect example. I'm going to use him. He sent an email to me yesterday. Uh, he sent an email to me yesterday. He said, I thought you might find this interesting. Heather was giving him a hard time about picking the most expensive thing on the list. He picked peanut butter. We know peanut butter ain't cheap. He picked the most expensive things on the, on the list. Okay? That's what he did. And he said, well, maybe you can get a, you know, a, an off-brand or something like that. And Eric's response was, nope. God deserves the best. And he had already searched the site to find out what was the best peanut butter out there. Well, lo and behold, it was peanut, Peter Pan's creamy peanut butter out of all the consumers was ranked. It would not, may not be your favorite. I know it's not hers, and I see head shaking head. But that was the one in general that the consumers said they liked the best was Peter Pan creamy. So guess what? He said, and then guess what happened? He said, I look in the paper, he found out that Publix has got him buy one, get one free until the 15th of the month. Now that's God, because he determined not to, not to just fade away and go the way of the harlot and, and do it deceitfully. He went full bore into it, and not only am I going, God, I'm giving you the P, I'm getting the Peter, the number one is getting the number one. And you know what I did? I sent him a scripture back, turn to Malachi chapter 1. Send him a scripture back. Turn to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. The last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. The scripture reads this. He says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you? O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Verse 7. 
You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In, in that, you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would, you, would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Real simple. That's where the scripture goes. It goes right there. So why didn't God deserve the number one peanut butter? We want to give him the, hey, we want to give him the leftovers and the last. And, you know, see, that's the adultery. It's like, well, you're God. You can deal with this. It's like if I'm committing adultery on my wife, okay, well, you're my wife. You know, you can take what I, but I'm going to give this one over here that I'm dating. I'm going to give her the best car. I'm going to give her the best clothes. I'm going to give her, but you're my wife. Oh, sounds a little different now, doesn't it? Huh? That, I, you'll always be there. If, 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 the good, if the good one I li- really like over here ain't available, I can always go to this one. But I'd rather have this one. <laughs> I preach it, Brother Bill. Now, now, now look at this. This is the end. Of, this is at verse 10. I want you to go to another scripture. I ain't done. Go to Hosea chapter 10. Go to Hosea chapter 10. I love Old Testament. Old Testament just really just, <laughs> you know, I mean, New Testament does it too. But I mean, it's all in your face, really. It, it really is. But it, when you mm. go to go to Hosea chapter 10. Verse 1, Israel is a luxuriant vine. He produces fruit for himself. The more his fruit, the more altars he he, he made. Get this, stop. Look at this. It wasn't enough for us to have MySpace 10 years ago. Wait a minute. Let's get another website, another social network that's better than my. Y'all remember MySpace? Oh, it was, mm. but guess what? Another one came along, didn't it? And then another one, and then another one. Remember the dot-com explosion? Remember that? Oh, we can't have just one dot-com. We got to have a bunch of them, and then what happened? It tanked. Oh, everybody can't just have one subdivision in their, li- in their, in their neighborhood. We got to have more shops and bars to go to. You know, hey, we're building another shopping mall over here in Hoover. Well, wait a minute. This one is empty. <laughs> this one's losing stores, and you're building another one to put new stores in when you got an empty one. Look at look at what verse ten says. See, yeah, ten a. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on, y'all. Big fat hairy deal. What's the difference between noon and ten? We're gonna get mad about that. Yeah, yeah that's that, but that's our that's that's a battle we don't even need to get sucked into. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But but look look at verse one. The more his fruit, the more altars he has made. The richer his lamb, the better he made the sacred pillars. Ooh. Ooh. Well, look at there. It's not, it's not enough that our cars can start up through our phones. It's not enough that our cars can um, turn off through our phones. It's not enough that we can unlock our door, doors through a phone. But now our car has got to park for us. 
Now, now they got a drive for us. If you get sleepy, they can just keep going. And, and you're you going to trust that? Yeah, okay, yeah, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, most, most people with common sense won't. Not only, hey, at, at one point in time, Yellow Cab Company was enough for us, wasn't it? But now all of a sudden, everybody's got to be a taxi. So, le, well, yeah, le, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's call in a ride sharing service. Let's call in this. You see, it, key, it continues to grow and grow and grow. Now, understand what is happening here. Go back to Joshua chapter 23 and go to verse 13. Go to verse 12. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and they with you, Know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you. But now here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. But they will be a snare and a trap to you. Guess what? We, we are falling in as Christians. Snares and traps to everything, every whim, everything. So once again, this is preventive maintenance for us. Okay? I'm saying this. Because a trap is going to come. A snare is going to come. There's going to be that thing that comes that's going to be um, that adulterous thing that's going to look okay. Because let me tell you something. That pretty woman or that handsome man, they look good from a distance. But let me tell you something. When you wake up with them in the morning, their breath still stinks just like the one you had at the house. Morning breath don't skip nobody. It's still the morning and they still breathing. It still stinks. Could I use a better analogy? I don't think so. Because you need to understand adultery stinks. <laughs> I don't know what y'all whispering about, but I know it's funny because there's more bodies shaking up and down than I'm used to. But understand what happens. It says you will be, it'll be a snare and a trap to you and whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish off this good land which the Lord your God had given you. Under, understand what thorns in the eyes mean. It means that your sin will blind you. Hmm? Because, see, thorns are a clear representation of sin in the Bible. And your sin will blind you. Your sin will blind you. And when you're in your winning battle and you're doing all this work for the Lord and, and all of this stuff going on, and, and all of a sudden you get into this stagnant place and you don't know how to get out and you can't see how to get out, it's because something has blinded you. And if it's adultery, and if it's adultery, not against your wife, not against your husband, but if it's against God, you will be blinded. And you will no longer have the Lord your God driving out your enemies before you until you become that broken and contrite person that God wants you to be. You see, it, that's what happened to David. His sin blinded him to the fact that he was sinning, that he was a murderer. He was a lying, thieving murderer. Yeah. Well, he lied to get Uriah killed. Then he stole his wife. Then he murdered her. But that whole time, his adultery. So guess what became? As he became wealthier, as he became better, as it get, look at, go back to Hosea chapter 10. The more his fruit 
Chapter 10, verse 1, the more his fruit, the more altars he made. As David gained more, he started to try to take more, didn't he? Until he became broken. Now look at verse 4 in chapter 10 of Hosea. They speak mere words with worthless oaths. They make covenants and judgments sprout like poisonous weeds in the furrows of the field. Now, verse 5 is going to take a little explaining. The inhabitants of Samaria will fear for the calf of beth Indeed, its people will mourn for it, and its idolatrous priests will cry out over it. What cropped up into Israel was a Canaanite ritual for calves. They had this thing for calves, okay? And when it did crop up, and Bethaven is, is actually a name opposite of Bethel, okay? And they set up this idolatrous, I'll say temple, whatever you want to call it, for calves in Bethaven. And they worshiped it, and they desired to be with it more than they did God. And when that happened, God is calling it out. And he's saying the inhabitants of Samaria will fear for the calf, calf of beth Indeed, its people will mourn for it, and its idolatrous priests will cry out over it. When, they fought, when it was t- God is saying, I'm going to tear down your temples one day, and you're going to be heartbroken over that. You'll be more heartbroken over your torn down temples than you will be me. So you see, you've got to make sure the perspective is right. You've got to make sure that the understanding of where you are is right. Keep in mind, preventive maintenance. Preventive maintenance. So as I, I'm going to go back to my phone for a minute. As I unlock it, and I see that my Amazon orders have shipped. Okay. I've, I've got my apps and everything narrowed down to one page on my phone. You know how you have those multiple screens? You can, well, I got them narrowed down now. I'm deleting them off and getting rid of them and blocking them and saying, you know. And y'all, guess what? It's, 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 it's weaning. It's a weaning type thing that I have to do. But I, I, I'd rather I do it before God does it. Because when God does it, guess what's going to happen? I don't know, I don't know how, what the extent of the, 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 the intensity of the correction will be. But there will be correction. Because, see, I'm his. I'm his. I I am Jesus's bride, just like you're Jesus's bride. And he's not going to continue to let you dabble and go and do and be wherever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. He's not going to continue to let you play the harlot as you've been doing. He's going to come get his bride. And guess what the bride is going to look like when he comes get her? Get her. It's going to be those people that are lined up with him. It's going to be those. It's going to be those five virgin, five virgins that had enough oil for their lamps. It's not going to be the other five that came half-hearted with enough, but were running out and had to go buy some. It's going to be the five that are ready. It's going to be the five that were prepared. So what does that preparation look like in your life? Hmm? What does it what does it encompass? Would anyone care to say? Would anyone care to know understand where they are as far as the adultery side of things? 
at the end of verse five, it says. <coughs> when it says and the its idolatrous priests will cry out over it, over its glory, since it has departed from it. Not the glory of God, the glory of God wasn't on their temple. OK. But everything that made it attractive to them, God's going to remove everything that made it a God to them. God's going to crush. OK. That's what he does. See, if you're going to win and you are winning, you're going to remain a winner. And he's going to do whatever it takes to keep you a winner. He's going to continue to condition you and train you. He's going to continue to do things in your life that make you more for him and less for the world. Okay? So if you're going to be a football player, you can't play for Clemson and Penn State, can you, at the same time? you got to play for one or the other, don't you? You can't play for South Carolina and Missouri at the same time. you got to play for one or the other. You can't be one of those sports stars that wants to come down and play baseball during the offseason and then go play football in, in the football season. You can't do that. you got to be, yeah, I understand Bo Jackson did it all. I got that. Okay? Michael Jordan tried to do it. But you know what? You can't do that with your Christian walk and be on a winning team. You, you, you will. Because uh, look, at, look at the lives of these guys that played these multiple sports. Look at them. Did, did, when, when Jordan was playing basketball, was he playing baseball at the same time in golf, or was he just playing basketball? When the Bulls were the, as good as they were, you know, 91, 92, 93, the Bulls were on their game, weren't they? You didn't, you didn't beat the Bulls. But what was Jordan doing then? He was playing just for the Bulls. He wasn't playing for the Bears at that time, was he? Huh? And guess what? He was winning when he was playing with the team that he was assigned to and that he was on. And not dabbling all of these other places. Y'all didn't think I knew about that, did you? I knew about the Bulls because Lydia was being born when the Bulls were playing the championship game. And me and the doctor both were watching the game while he's trying to catch Lydia. <laughs> that was a bad day. <laughs> it was a great day. Lydia was born, but we was watching. I was like, man, Jordan's about to. But I didn't remember that real clearly. I'm, a, I'm old. You'll be all right. Okay. Venture not to the right or the left. Let's go back to that. Let's close out with, with, with Joshua 23. And let, let's close out with verse 6. Be very firm then to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you may not turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. So that if you take that seven out, that, that seven, just continue to read. So that you will not associate with these nations, these which remain among you, or mention the name of their gods, or make anyone swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. See, not just, yeah. See, not just, look what he did, though. 
He's still talking about the same things, the same thing that Daniel wouldn't do, the same thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't do. He's still making that same requirement. Don't do it. And look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus showed up. Look at Daniel. God showed up and shut the mouths of the lions. Get it. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Okay? No. He didn't change from, he didn't change at all. He didn't change at all. Yeah. 